you feel it, don't you? You know, we felt it for quite a while. This uh, this uh, this uh, polarization, you know, there's either people on either side of whatever issue. Um, some folks claim to the point of being on the Civil War brink. There's a movie called Civil War coming out. And, and, and people, you know, you talk about the border in Texas and all that. There's, there's, there's been talk about Civil War. And in fact, I don't know I, about you in my mind. I've thought, boy, there was a time maybe we would have been in the Civil War based on some of these issues we're on today. But I... Maybe, maybe we don't have a taste for that. Other polls, though, say that we agree on more than we disagree on. So what is it? Um, joining us now is an attorney and historian. In fact, he's got a brand new book. I want to talk about this book here in a little bit. How the Best Did It? Leadership Lessons from Our Top Presidents. Talmadge Boston's with us. Talmadge, good morning. Good morning, Mike. Glad to be on your show. Have we not had, that's one of the things that makes us great, right, is we've had different ideas, both sides of whatever issue, forever, haven't we? Well, of course, sometimes it's worse than other times, but Lincoln's words from the Bible, a house divided cannot stand, I think are always going to be true, and certainly today we have a house divided, as we have had in the past at different times in our history. Hmm. And your book, Leadership Lessons from Our Top Presidents, uh, how do different presidents have they dealt with this polarization? Lincoln, obviously, uh, boy, he had probably the worst time of it, don't you think? Well, he did, and Thomas Jefferson did, too. Jefferson came into the presidency right on the heels of the John Adams presidency, where there'd been the Sedition Act passed by the Federalists, which made it a crime punishable by incarceration for anyone to criticize Adams or any Federalist policy. So Republicans were actually being thrown in jail for their views. And then, as you mentioned, of course, the Civil War, where states actually seceded. So those, in my mind, are the two worst times of polarization where things were outright dangerous. And uh, we may be headed that way now, but we're not near as bad as it was in those two instances. Isn't that funny? And I, I, my wife and I get into this all the time about uh, different things, but every generation thinks theirs is the most dramatic, I think. Um, so what's cause, so what, what's the cause of all the polarization that we're going through now? Is there one root cause that we just can't see eye to eye on? That- I think a big root cause is the current primary system, and that is <clears throat> these days, if you want to be the Republican nominee, and obviously you have to win the primary, and to win the, the primary, you have to be more on the extreme right as opposed to a moderate Republican. This is probably also true in the Democratic Party, although less so. But that's why you see more and more extreme right candidates being elected in Republican primaries. And so if the candidates in general elections are on the extreme side, the left or the right, well, then that's going to widen the divide and cause there to be more polarization. So the more I study it, the more I believe it's the current way we go about the primary system that is what's causing the polarization just keeps ramping up year after year. Seems like it. Do you think Talmadge, and Talmadge Boston is our guest, he's a historian, an attorney, uh, his new book, The Best, How the Best Did It, Leadership Lessons from Our Top Presidents. Uh, do you think... I always go with the average American, because I think I am one. Uh, The average American 
given the opportunity just to wander the halls of Congress and stick their head in a couple of offices and stuff, you think we'd be surprised at how much we actually get along? Well, we'd like to think so. And since I've never wandered the halls of Congress myself, <laughs> I can't answer that question. I do know that historically, uh, when people in the media were portrayed as being at odds and in conflict, whereas in person it was a lot more uh, friendly, uh, at least in, in many respects, that's been our history. But where things are today, I don't know. Obviously, with each political campaign that comes along in election years, the words seem to get more and more harsh. And I think that's one thing that separates politicians from the rest of the human race. Is they apparently let it just roll off their back like water off a duck's back, whereas you and, and me would, would be bothered by the personal attacks that are made in political campaigns. Although there was a time when it, they used to fight in Congress with sticks <laughs> yeah, a couple of times. Well, fortunately, uh, that was 150 years ago. That hadn't happened in quite a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think you know, guys. We took our uh, our honor a little uh, more more personally, more serious. You know, oh, you have offended my honor. I'm taking my cane and hitting you in the head. Uh, boy, that would not happen today. I don't think. I think we've come no, close. Well, it's, some of the yelling sounds like it. it it's uh, getting increasingly hostile with the words. I don't think anybody's going to create a violent situation. Uh, although we had January sixth. Uh, and and hopefully that will never be repeated. Hopefully people will learn that if you try to pull something like that, you end up in jail. Uh, yeah. But there are reasons to, to wonder if, if things may be moving back toward violence, uh, given what happened on January 6th. Well, I think January 6th, there's a whole bunch there we don't know about. I think there's a whole thing there that I, 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 I think, yeah, that's a whole other uh, episode that uh, I I just don't think you can take it at face value, but so here's here's the thing with the polarization of America now. If the situation or the climate that we're in now were say 1850 something, do you think there would be a civil war? I think if there's one issue today that could lead to potentially a civil war type situation. It is the border. Uh, you mentioned that in your opening. Uh, I live in Dallas, Texas, and obviously here in Texas we care a lot about what's going on with the border. But as you see, with the uh, illegal immigrants coming across the border and now being transported all over the country and creating major problems uh, in sanctuary cities, you no longer want to be sanctuary cities. Uh, this is a problem that's not going to go away. And given the Biden presidency's totally ineffective approach at border security, uh, this is an issue that, in my mind, is just going to get worse and worse. And obviously you've seen that because the Biden administration is so wholly ineffective in border control, that the state governors have taken it upon themselves to do something because something must be done. And this Mm -hmm. is a problem that cannot be ignored. And the leader has been our governor, uh, Greg Abbott. So he has done an outstanding job, I will say that, in my personal opinion. How the Best Did It, Leadership Lessons from Our Top Presidents, is your book available pretty much everywhere? Well, it comes out on April the 2nd. It's available for pre-order on Amazon now. But uh, it's coming out on April 2nd. In fact, I'm scheduled to be on Brett Bear's show that night that it comes out. 
Oh. Uh, but it covers eight presidents, Washington, Jefferson, Lincoln, both Roosevelt's, Eisenhower, Kennedy, and Reagan, identifies their most important leadership traits that caused them to be successful. And so it's a book for anybody who is or aspires to be a leader uh, in any field of endeavor. Hopefully there are lessons we can learn from history, and that's what the book tries to do. Ronald Reagan was the first president I ever voted for uh, as a young lad. Of course, now he was an Illinois guy. I'm an Illinois guy. I don't know if that plays into it, but what was his top leadership lesson? Give us well, a sneak peek. His top leadership trait was he was incredibly optimistic. And not only was he personally optimistic, but he had the capacity to inspire optimism across the country. Remember that when he was elected, we were coming out of Jimmy Carter's disastrous presidency where there was uh, double-digit inflation, high unemployment, low economic growth. We couldn't get the hostages out of Iran, long gas lines. And so America nationally was in a state of malaise, to use Jimmy Carter's word. Reagan said, no, I don't believe that. I think we can be a shining city on the hill. Uh, I think we have the, the power to be the greatest nation in the world, and we should be. And uh, if we all get on the same page and, and focus on what we can do for the good, as opposed to dwelling on the bad, great things can happen. And, of course, he turned around the economy and... Uh, and uh, ultimately yeah. uh, ended the Cold War. And so uh, Reagan's spirit of optimism that he had the capacity to follow through on lifted the nation out of the Carter doldrums, and that's why I regard him as one of our greatest presidents. Talmadge Boston. His book is best, How the Best Did It, uh, Leadership Lessons from Our Top Presidents. Take uh, take note, and I'm looking forward to uh, to your book coming out. Of course, you're going to autograph one for me probably, right? Of course, Mike. Come on down to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I used to live in Nacogdoches, Texas. Did you go to Stephen F. Austin? No, sir. I was way past college age when I was there. My, my son was born in Texas, so he's a Texan, my oldest. Oh, yeah. well, congratulations. <laughs> hey, there you go. Once a Texan, always a Texan, right? There you go. Uh, Sandwich. Have a have a marvelous day. Thanks a lot. Okay, Mike. Enjoyed being on your show. Everybody, see ya. It's your morning wake up. Thirteen twenty W I L S.